Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. Money, money, money. I brought it back just DIY now. Money. I know. <laughs> that was interesting. I liked it. It wasn't great, but you I had to You weren't bring it fully back committed. My, original. my first my first couple episodes on were very poor introductions. I don't know. Y'all thought you did good. I like the money, money, money. I, money. Quint still makes fun of me for it to this day. It was your thing. He's just <laughs> jealous, actually, probably. Oh, that's what it is, for sure. Yeah, he's jealous. He can't pull off the... <laughs> Was it the triple or quadruple money? I have no clue. Yeah, I, I think just... you change it up from time to time. Yeah, so summer. What are you doing for summer for fun? Trying to stay cool. Oh, my goodness. It Heat waves so coming high. here in the bluegrass. Yeah, it's about to be 90s all week next week. You were just in Texas. And I was in like Texas. I was like, it was on the sun. I don't know. People who are living in Texas are probably like, you're weak. But it was something like 104, 105 down in Austin uh, where we were on uh, some work travel for the week. And it was brutal. Yeah. I took a walk. Uh, You know, I mean, I'm a fitness guy. Mm -hmm. So I ride a bike, work out. No big deal. I'm used to a little bit of heat. (laughs) But I decided to go for like a... uh, Tried to walk down to a store that was about a mile away from our hotel. I was like, a mile walk. That sounds like a good way to stretch out the legs, sitting in meetings all day. It was the middle of the afternoon. It was a hundred and something degrees out. And it was the worst idea ever. <laughs> You're like melting. <laughs> I'm like walking to the store. I'm dripping. They're like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm great. Howdy. Yeehaw. Hey, yeehaw. What's up with this weather? Feels like I'm walking through a wet blanket. <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but anyhow, yeah, summer's heating up. Uh, my AC, like, works, like, one day a week, so that's been absolutely brutal, just not having yeah. good AC. But, hey, inflation, you're not going to fix that thing, right? No, absolutely not. <laughs> just kidding. You're getting it, it fixed. It, yeah, no, mine, I'm in a rental, so put some duct tape on that thing, and they're like, oh, you're good to go now. <laughs> it's all good. Open a window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, we better get to our question. And uh, and this one's interesting. Um, it's something we haven't really answered, but I feel like a lot of people these days are looking into kind of the stuff that Tanner is going to talk about. So, all right, give us your question, Tanner. DIY. Hello, DIY money dudes. This is Tanner coming at you from California. I'm 27 years old, and after stumbling upon your podcast last year, I've since completed the DIY steps in terms of establishing fast cash, a three-month emergency fund and consistently depositing funds in a retirement account using dollar cost averaging. I've recently found myself with about $300 of ancillary money, and I've been playing around with it on the stock market using Webull, a mobile app somewhat similar to Robinhood. I've noticed that one can also use the app for options and margin trading, which brought a question to mind. Are options, margin trading, or similar strategies really only useful for day traders or folks working in the financial sector? Or can the casual investor make use of them as well? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Thank you, and keep up the great work. Well, first of all, it sounds like Tanner's on the right path. He's doing the right things as far as DIY money steps. He's got his his um, his fast cash, his emergency fund, and we always say do those first, pay down debt, and then you can start looking and evaluating kind of these investment strategies. Mm-hmm. 
So when he's talking about, okay, he's on Weeble or Robinhood or whatever yeah. it is. Which I'd never heard of Weeble before. Oh, or really? We, it's what? Weeble. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I thought I, he said Weeble. I have like, quite a few friends that use it. it. Yeah. So I had to Google it, and I was like, oh, Weeble. That makes more sense. So yeah. I was like Weeble like a, I don't know. And uh, I went, th- I checked out the website. It was actually, uh, and you could actually like see the interface without actually opening an account, like the... Oh, yeah. Uh, interface or whatever. So I was looking. I was like, ah, that's actually pretty cool for a, you know, like a discount brokerage mm-hmm. sort of thing. It was actually pretty cool interface. I've, heard, recommendation. I've just, heard it can be like a impressed. little bit more sophisticated than Robinhood in some ways. And you really? can you can get into some more details and stuff. So Yeah, it was interesting. I just, I mean, I glanced But you're right. Weeble minutes. does sound like a hamster or something. <laughs> that's whatever. what I thought it was. I was like, that's a weird name for brokerage. And I was like, oh, Weeble. Yeah. Nice. So what is, what are, what Tanner's talking about, options, trades, margin i don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast so can you go into a little yeah. more detail of what those are and what those look we've like? done like over 300 episodes and yeah. i don't have a list in front of me so i i imagine we've touched on a little bit of those but maybe not specifically in this um type of manner like how they compare to investing so um so out of the gate uh and he only mentioned margin and options right there's yeah there's other kind of ancillary investment products but um Margin and options, to sort of cut to the most simplest chase possible, are both ways to leverage your investment. Yep. So to take more risk than dollars you're putting up for risk effectively, which mm-hmm. means in both of those instances, eh, not always with options, because there is a way to only lose what you put in in options. But in both cases, you're, what you're trying to do is magnify the effect of your investment by taking more exposure than dollars that you're putting up. So with margin, all margin is, is it's it's buying stocks on credit. Yeah. So margin is literally a line of credit that your broker gives you. Um, so let's say, for instance, you have $20,000 in your account uh, and your broker allows you to buy $30,000 worth of stock. Well, you, the extra $10,000 of stock that you've bought is on credit and you're paying an interest rate for that, uh, for using those funds. And then if the value of those stocks go down and you sell and you realize a loss, uh, that loss could be more than you have money in your account, in which case your broker will ask you to put more money in the account. Um, or they'll actually do that as the stock is falling before you even sell it. Right. And then at some point, there are triggers there that would the broker would force you to sell to make sure that they don't end up on the hook yeah, or themselves, yeah, or for, they have to put more. You have to put more cash down. Basically, yeah, they're either going to do what's called it's a mar, it's what's called a margin call, which means they'll either force you to sell the stock, force you to add funds into your account, something of that nature. Because uh, what they're going to do is, if you are basically buying on credit, they're going to make sure that um, if that stock were to start going more and more towards zero, that that you don't just go, oh yeah, I'm just not going to put money in um, to my account, and then they're on the hook for for those funds. Margin call, gentlemen. You can't expect us you to know to... the rules of the exchange, Mr. Duke. All accounts to be settled at the end of the day's trading, without exception. That's what buying on margin is. Um, and hypothetically, I mean, the the goal of margin is that if you win, you win bigger. But at the same time, if you lose money, you're going to lose bigger as well. Yeah, it amplifies your returns. So yes, the upside could be bigger. The downside can be significant. Um, in the meantime, you're paying interest. So right. you have to keep in mind, and I don't know what Weeble's um, margin rates are. Uh, 
so people who trade through like the larger brokerages, Schwab, Fidelity, et cetera, they tend to not have great margin rates. Mm. Um, I don't know what Schwab's are right now. Um, they're usually in the nature of like six to eight percent, though. Wow. So when you factor in, okay, let's say the market on average, quote unquote, does ten percent per year, uh, and you're to buy on margin at one of those big brokerages and just invest in the S&P 500 and lie it right up and down, your spread is not very good. Uh, now, there are brokers that offer what seem like ridiculously low margin rates um, in the nature of like 1% to 2%, maybe 3%. Yeah. Uh, I Honestly, I've not researched all of the brokers, but I know there's some that offer really low rates um, compared to uh, the, the big brokers. Uh, so then you go, well, why wouldn't I just like buy <laughs> the entire S&P? Um, on a little bit of margin and amplify my returns. And you you could. You'll be paying interest along the way. At some point, um, you'll have to lock in some of that return. And, and yes, I guess you'll have magnified it, but uh, you're you're buying investments with money you don't quite have yet. Right. Um, which isn't always a great idea. Yeah, exactly. I mean, simply put, we, we don't recommend it normally to people. I mean, we do not give personal recommendations, but... We tell people when you're doing the DIY money steps to pay off debt before you have a Webull account or before yep. you have a um, a Robinhood account. So when you're investing those accounts, we don't want you to take more debt onto them. We mm-hmm. don't need to use debt to invest uh, in general. Yeah, margin is a form of debt. Now, there are uh, ways that investors might use margin. Um, so, for instance, if somebody has stock that they've had for a very long time, and we've seen this before, uh, where they, they're what's called their cost basis or the price they paid for it is effectively zero. They've, they've held it for so long or it's been, you know, they got employee stock a long time ago and then it's been through various series of like buyouts and mergers and things like that to where uh, the price they paid for it is very close to zero and they have so much gains in the stock. So, yeah. you know, think of somebody who, you know, uh, a person who's retired now who, who maybe worked for uh, McDonald's or a bank or something like that long time ago when they first started working and accumulated a bunch of stock and uh, has that in a taxable account and, and now is retired and, you know, is living off the dividends of that or something. Well, if they were to say, you know, have a house purchase or something like that, that they needed cash now, but they were going to replace that cash in the future. Well, that's an instance where you might take a short-term loan against the stock because selling it would be really disadvantageous from a tax purpose. Right. And paying the interest then makes sense. So that's one, that's why margin is sometimes there. Um, margin is sometimes also used to uh, to buy a stock before you sell something else in your account. So the uh, it's called settlement. Um, so before you have settled cash in your account, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, if you have a margin account, the broker will allow you buy and sell stock on the same day. Um, that's probably more than most people need to know, but it's just it, it's a way to allow the financial system to keep kind of flowing. Um, but as far as like long term holding stuff on margin, it for the average person, it doesn't make sense. It's not investing. It is, in some instances, gambling because mm-hmm. you're taking out credit, betting on upside. If you're buying something on credit, you really don't want it to go down because right. you don't actually own it yet. Right. You've not put up the cash for it. So, yeah, that's okay. not advisable. Okay. Now, options side. Mm-hmm. And now, there's there's kind of... Well, there's a lot of different sides to options. Yeah. Um, How would you explain an option? Yeah. I mean, an option is basically, don't want to use necessarily the word bet, but a bet that the stock's going to move one way or the other in most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are buying options, you can buy basically the simplest version. You can buy calls or you can buy puts. So if you're buying calls, 
your bet is that the stock's going to increase in value. And if you're buying puts, your bet is that the stock's going to decrease in value, or you just want to make sure if it does decrease in value, you can still sell it for the same price. So if the call happens, what you would do is um, is a, a call is the right to buy. So if you buy a call option, then you say, okay, I will buy XYZ stock at $100 a share. And even if it goes higher than that, I still buy it at $100 a share. And yeah, you I have the, too. I have the option, I have the option. That's where the, uh, exactly. the term option comes from. It's, a, it's right. an optional contract. And then if I um, purchase a put on a stock, then I have the option to sell that stock at, say, $90 a share, even if it decreases in value more than $90 a share. Mm-hmm. And it's a form of uh, contract or insurance, which means you're paying a, what's called a premium mm-hmm. uh, in order to buy that contract. Or if you're a seller of an option, you receive a premium for selling that contract, but you take on the significant risk of, of that um, contract being executed or coming into play, right. basically. Um, so... People who use options, uh, yeah, they're generally traders. Uh, traders will use options. People who are trying to hedge uh, or take insurance out on positions that are already in their portfolio. Uh, people who are speculating on the movement of a stocks, which would be traders. And that's yep. effectively what tr- any type of short-term trading is. It's speculating on short-term market moves and directions. Now, there are some advanced options strategies that are sort of longer-term investment style. Uh, those take some pretty significant uh, education uh, mm-hmm. and understanding to execute well. Uh, and I would say if for people who really want to get into that and study it, um, sure, it could be a good investment strategy. Uh, it is still pretty highly speculative. So yep. these are sort of trading or portfolio insurance instruments. Um, they're not ideal for most people. And the vast majority of people who trade options uh, end up losing money on them. Yeah. Uh, so keep that in mind. There's nuances there. And it's not a straight... Like, we're giving it a pretty simple explanation here. Yeah. But it's not very straightforward. There's a lot that goes on to the prices that you see for options beyond just, say, the price of a stock. Um, so there's uh, things like uh, volatility and interest rates uh, and things of that nature that go into the pricing of an option. And if you don't understand all of those components and how they work together, you can actually be right on the direction, but lose money. Right. So uh, you could buy that, you know, hundred dollar call and be roughly a hundred percent right and still have lost money, Mm -hmm. which is really, really annoying. Uh, So I would say for, for our average DIY listener, for 99% of people, not even average, yeah, for 99% of the people listening to DIY Money, it's not something that you really need to be concerned about in your portfolio because you're saving for retirement, you're saving maybe some extra taxable income in an investment account. Uh, Use the power of the stock market. It's there. Um, You don't really need to venture out into leveraged and more speculative investments. Margin, I think we've already explained kind of why that's... Also, not for 99% of the people listening because you're taking on debt in order to invest. Yeah. So, yeah, 99% of the time, these are trading instruments um, that aren't suitable 
in most instances for yeah. people listening to this show. Not I mean, that they're not suitable for anybody. Right. Yeah. No, they're definitely, they have a place and they have a purpose. But I think when, when you are working like Tanner has, he's worked on a DIY money steps over the last year, whatever it has been, he's gotten into good financial situation and now he's on a, a good trajectory. There's going to be these distractions that come up, mm-hmm. whether it's speculative I mean, in to a degree, if you don't know about options or don't know or understand margin, that's gambling. Utilizing those, um, there's going to be distractions for a lot of things throughout your financial journey. And staying on that strict path and understanding that, you know, using sector ETFs, using index funds to track the overall economy, maybe adding in some individual equities for companies that you research and and understand. But there's going to be a lot of distractions and things that are going to say, oh, this this is going to be a a get-rich-quick scheme, or this is going to make me money fast. And it's really about patience, it's about time, and it's about discipline on your DIY money steps and continuing to to stay on the right path. Yeah, I will say for people uh, who are savvy in the worlds of social media, uh, following social media or maybe YouTube, et cetera, uh, do be aware that you will see options is one of those big things that you'll see um, promoted on the likes of, say, TikTok, YouTube, yeah. Instagram, et cetera, uh, about how there's these certain strategies that can amplify your returns or are really simple or are low risk, et cetera. And there are some really astute professional options traders out there I will say this, they don't sell courses on mm-hmm. TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. So the real the really astute professional options traders are doing this for a living with their own funds or maybe the funds of their um, the fund that they run, you right. know, the investment fund that they run or, you know, for a bank or something like that. So there are really good options traders who have degrees in finance and do this all day long to uh, protect portfolios or to make money in, in certain investments. Um, those guys do not quit their day job doing that, uh, and then sell a course for a hundred dollars a month, uh, or a thousand dollar course where you can make money and, and quit your job and, and trade options for a living. Right. So I would just say if any of our listeners see something like that, be incredibly skeptical and cautious. Know that if you, um, if you look at those strategies, sometimes because of all the elements that go into pricing options, they can actually look very lucrative on the short term. But the way that we're going to pick on options here, the way that options are priced is you can make money, make money, make money. And then when one of those variables changes dramatically, uh, you can lose lots of money very quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So be very cautious and understand uh, that people that are that successful and that astute usually don't sell their strategies, especially in that uh, particular sort of yeah. manner and environment. Yeah, usually usually they'll run a, a hedge fund or an investment fund or something like that and then take on clients that way. Right. Um, if they are that good at that. Exactly. So, okay. That's just my opinion. Now, there's somebody, probably somebody out there who's super successful in selling a course and doing something. And um, those do exist. I'm just saying. Be careful. Primarily, most of them uh, are really good marketers, uh, more so than really good options traders. So I'm sorry if I've offended anybody. <laughs> well, all right. Quint's going to get mad at us because we're running over time. we got to wrap it up. Um, guys, make sure you get those questions in. Send us in audio questions just like Tanner did um, and get his $25 Amazon gift card sent to him. Fill up that queue. Uh, we, we need some more questions in the queue. And, uh, you know, 
The secret to wealth is very simple, friends. Um, Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Avoid the distractions. There's going to be lots of them. Avoid those distractions and make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your questions aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.